Holy red skies of death! Welcome to Agent Blue, your comic book explosion podcast. I'm George Green. I'm Michael Bernardo III, and today we're talking about... Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. From the CW TV show. I mean, we'll probably talk about a little bit about the 1985 comic. We'll see. There's going to be a lot we're going to talk about in this one. Um, yet again, like our Star Wars episode, it's going to be more of a discussion than anything else. Uh, we don't have the full release of it yet. You know, We're still waiting on some episodes to come out. But we're going to review the first three episodes that came out, kind of give our input what we like, what we don't like. Three-fifths of the way through, guys. Yeah, we're almost there. So, um, where to start? Where to start? That is a really good question, though. A little synopsis. Antimatter is destroying the multiverse. He's going through systematically destroying each universe in the multiverse. The Anti-Monitor is going through... I said antimatter, didn't I? Yes, but I mean, he's using antimatter, so it's not really a problem that you call the antimatter is going through and destroying the multiverse. When it really is that, in fact, but it's the anti-monitor using the antimatter to create an anti-universe. It's not really an anti-universe. Which, you know, maybe he's trying to create the anti-universe, necessarily. Um, The negative universe, where's the the Bat League, remember them? You know, if they made a live-action version of that, I feel like it would do very well. I'm um, still saying that that version of Batman Kevin Conroy played is part of the negative universe. Well, Earth-99 could potentially. It's the future universe, not necessarily negative, And it kind of leads up to, you know, I feel like every future Batman's very sour and kind of loses his way there's only a couple universes where yeah but his cousin came back to life in front of him essentially yep that's true because a lot of a lot of these universes didn't understand the multiverse yet you know i feel like earth one two and earth 38 are really the only ones that understand the multiverse and earth two was destroyed before the crossover event even started yeah but so the Anti-Monitor is going around... Did you see that episode, or you just caught up with the first three episodes of Crisis? i seen that episode. That's, that's pretty much where I stopped. <laughs> I'm not... So, I'm a little biased. I'm not a huge fan of the Arrowverse. I, I liked the first, like, three, four seasons of Arrow. I loved The Flash. But it's, it's, it's a little iffy for me. You know, it's very tv it's very Hallmark Channel, you know. I feel Hallmark. like Hallmark. I want to see the Hallmark doing DC Universe. <laughs> I feel like you know the Flash and Arrow really try to pull out your heartstrings a lot. I mean, Flash definitely does. You know, which is not it's not a bad thing, but it's not a good thing. You know, I don't want to cry every episode. I mean, season what was it four? Remember when we talked about that on the show? Like I was just like. Your wife is just gonna cry herself to sleep watching that. Yeah, she does. Every episode of The Flash, she ends up, she ends up crying a little bit. Which is That's justifiable. It's a, it's a sad show. It's a good show, but it's sad. So, I'm not a huge fan, and there are some, some things that bug me 
dearly about this crossover event. You know, the major thing is the fourth wall break that nobody ever kind of looks at. This is their first crossover. You've heard that line. I've heard that line at least once per episode. Oh, this is the first crossover. This is their first crossover. I understand it's not necessarily a fourth wall break. Or I promised them no more crossovers. Right. It's not necessarily a fourth wall break per se, but it is. And that, that, that I mean, I view my life as a, as a TV show. If I say that this is a crossover between our shows, is that breaking a fourth wall of somebody watching us right now? Well, that kind of depends on your beliefs. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that point eventually. Maybe. Doubtfully. So, um, the reason why I'm like... It's a good point of asking where to start is because, really, if we're going to cover the entirety of Crisis, what's going on so far, we'd have to cover the entirety of the the first half of the season of Arrow and the first half of the season of Flash. But I feel like the easiest way to get around that is just by mentioning the last two episodes of the Flash prior to the crossover. And here's why. I'm assuming you didn't watch them. Oh, I'm not even close to caught up to Flash. I'm not caught up at all for Arrow. I'm not caught up at all for Supergirl or Batwoman. I'm not really caught up for the... Um, Legends of Tomorrow. The Legends of Tomorrow. You know, I've watched all of the... At least the first season of just about every show... Except for Batwoman. Like, when she took off her cowl, and it was, uh... Kate Kane. Not Kate Kane. The actual actor herself. Ruby Rose. I was like, this is what she's doing now? I was like, okay, that makes sense as to, like, why the the face, like, the mouth-nose area looked familiar. But... I don't know. I'm a little biased towards the Arrowverse. Oh, oh, right. You didn't watch last year's crossover, did you, either? No. Ruby Rose is a massive part of it as Kate Kane and then Batwoman. Batwoman showed up nearing the end of the crossover. So when you said that, and I was like, wait, hold up. You didn't already know Ruby Rose was Batwoman? That makes sense now. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm not not really caught up with the Arrowverse at all. But here's the reason why I say we could really just only cover... We really could get away with only covering the last two episodes of The Flash prior to the crossover. is because... If you remember anything, I don't know when you stopped watching. The Fla- or No, even if you knew anything about comic books, the Flash has to die in crisis. Right. The Flash has to die in crisis. Uh, he died over... He died in the 80s and then stayed dead for over 20 years in the comics. Like, it took 20 years, like... Remember the Justice League shows we watched when we were kids? Yeah. That was Wally, Wally West. West. Yeah, I know. It wasn't Barry because, Allen. Because Barry Allen was dead to everybody. Yeah. Because of Crisis. So, now we get Barry back, but in the new incarnation. Uh, so, the last two episodes prior to Crisis dealt with this. Blood work. Do you know what blood work is? You don't right. really read DC Comics like Not I do. No. You stick with like Marvel and, and maybe some image with Spawn and whatnot. Yeah, it's a little Spawn. I dabble in some Spawn. 
maybe some Ninja Turtles, especially with the Batman. Oh, the Ninja Turtles is, is just that's it. That's <laughs> all I read is the Ninja Turtles. No, so Bloodwork is this character who I'm gonna go with the show version, not so much the comic book version. I mean, there's similarities, but like obviously there's differences. So in the show and the comics, Bloodwork is this guy named Remy Rosso. In the show, he's an old colleague of um what's what's her name? <laughs> Caitlin Snow or Killer Frost. And uh, he's diagnosed with HLH and then because of that he uses the particle accelerator antimatter that it created to try to figure out how to create a cure for it. This is literally just synopsizing the whole season of The Flash right now, essentially. Uh, and he creates it, but it gives him powers of blood. Uh, which means, like, he could create zombies by putting his blood in you or whatever. So now we get to see the last two episodes before Crisis. In this episode, um, what happens is Barry knows he's dying. Okay. He does. He's made him multiple mentions of that. Yes, he knows he's dying. And in the episode prior, at the very end of the episode, I'm not going to have to recap another one, uh, Elongated Man got hit with the blood. Like, got stabbed with Raimi's blood. And um, because of that, he needed a blood transfusion. And Barry had the proper, like, uh, universal donor blood. Mm-hmm. And he used the blood to stop it. But then that blood of blood work got into Barry. And so this is where the juice notes already come in for this. <laughs> because essentially what happens is he is now in the... It, the episode, the two last episodes are called The Last Temptation of Barry Allen. It's essentially the 40 days and 40 nights in the desert where Jesus was being tempted by Satan. The difference between the actual story where the, what actually happened with Jesus living and uh, getting through it without giving into the temptation, Barry does. And the important thing to note about that is not to really feel bad that he got in uh, and gave in because we're all humans. We don't have God. We, we are not God like Jesus was. And so obviously Jesus was going to be able to get through it. But Barry, not so much. But because he gave in to the temptation, that blood took over his body and he became negative flash. Uh, but he was able to overcome it and defeat blood work and get rid of the blood. Oh, by the way, because I didn't even mention what the temptation was, the temptation was by being part of the blood work um, hive mind, essentially. He wouldn't have to die, and he wouldn't die by the effects of the antimatter when he ran as fast as he did through the antimatter, not antimatter, antimatter, to stop the crisis. You get what I'm saying now? So really, that's where we begin, is he now realizes, yep, I'm screwed, I have to die now. Um... So, what we get, right? How did you feel about the crossover, though? Overall, 
it was the the third episode that really brought me back. You know, the first episode was was okay. You know, that was Supergirl. Kind of like started to introduce. Okay, this is what's going on. Earth are getting destroyed. The Batwoman episode was just kind of like. This seems a little crossovery for me. I mean, if you've seen any bit, literally, if you saw any bit of the last, the last few episodes, no, all the episodes of the season of Batgirl, Batwoman, two different characters, completely. If you've seen any of the episodes, it literally, it does not fit at all. No, I could tell that instantly. It doesn't, it was, it was a Batwoman episode with very hard quotations. It was bat. It was a Batwoman episode because Batwoman it, had to do with it. No, because it was in Batwoman's time slot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then the third episode was Flash. I'm, I don't even remember which episode goes where. Yeah. I just remember what happens in yeah. each episode. Um, and the third episode really kind of brought it back for me because it really had to do with a lot of the Flash characters, and I'm completely biased. Really, the only show I like in the in the Arrowverse is the Flash. Um, and you know, you see Caitlyn Snow, mm-hmm. you know, you got, uh, Vibe is, it comes back finally. Oh yeah. When he shows up, Cisco was so PO'd, so upset. Yeah. He was like, oh, are you serious? I, I gotta do this again. I, I, I purposely got rid of it. And then you have Black Lightning that shows up. Which, I haven't watched any of that either. And his whole universe is dead. And his whole universe is dead. Yep. So I, I honestly, like, I feel bad saying this. I haven't been able to get through even the first season of Black Lightning. When they introduce Static Shock is when I'll start watching Black Lightning. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but no, because I just, I don't. The characters, I don't relate with the characters. I'm not an educator in that sense. I, I'm an educator in the sense that, you know, I'm teaching people about the Bible. I'm not an educator. I don't have students. I don't have kids. You're more closely related to Jefferson Pierce than I am. I don't have kids yet. yet. But you are closer to it than I am. And it's the just truth. like, I, I don't relate with him. With, with The Flash... I couldn't not relate with him. Literally, for the first two seasons of The Flash, everything that was going on with The Flash, if you just change out Speed Force for God and and, and supervillains for, like, struggles in life or demons, I literally was living the exact same story for the first two seasons of The Flash. I feel like The Flash is... is exceedingly relatable you know i feel like the flash cw tv show has to deal with a lot of real world problems that most people face within their day-to-day lives yeah but um most people don't get prophesied over that they're gonna marry their crush it didn't happen in my case but it i mean i was prophesied over that i was gonna marry somebody with the name of my crush uh and then literally the week after in flash season one that newspaper shows up, you're going to marry Iris. And I'm like... Da-da-da! I'm literally living the Flash's life. Just get rid of the Speed Force and that Jesus. Just don't move super fast. 
can't move that fast. I mean, I have a metabolism issue where I have to eat a lot. But regardless, we're off topic. Way off topic. Way off topic. But, yeah, no. My favorite part... I already know what this is going to have to do with Smallville. <laughs> you would think. I wish it was my favorite part. Oh, really? I wish it was my favorite part. That was honestly my favorite part. You didn't watch Smallville. I didn't watch Smallville. But the, the part where, where Smallville comes into play was my favorite part. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. It was very, admittedly very funny to watch everything that happened go down the way it happened. But you know me. How many times have I seen Smallville? You're on your probably your third or fourth hundred watch. <laughs> That's closer. Uh, you said third or fourth. I was like, bro, I'm actually in my I'm actually in my 28th watch through watch right Jeez. now because I absolutely love that show. I don't think I've ever watched a show to the extent that you have watched Smallville. I don't think anybody's watched as many shows as I've watched the amount of times as Smallville. <laughs> I've watched at least 28 shows. <laughs> Whatever. Please. With continue. 10 seasons? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Anyways, the reason why it was my least favorite is because watching Smallville, here's the thing that I gathered. Clark would never give up his powers. He didn't. I see what you're talking about when you had made a mention before. I, I literally, I was that's the one thing I was watching for, and I was like, that makes perfect sense. Yes, but Clark wouldn't give up his powers. Lois would never forgive herself if he did give up her pi- his powers. I feel like the Arrowverse. This is this is the reason I don't like the Arrowverse. But this is Smallville's universe. I'm just so saying, I'm critiquing just you. just overall in general, the Arrowverse does not understand the characters that they have. They don't. Not even not even in, in a remote think, sense. The I only think, person they understand is the Flash. Yeah, Flash is the closest one. And honestly, in the last year's crossover with Elseworld, where Barry Allen, where Grant Gustin had to play Barry Allen, pretending to be Oliver Queen, that was the closest ver- that was the closest thing they actually had to the real version of Oliver Queen at all. Literally, not Oliver Queen, Barry Allen. Pretending to be Oliver Queen with more Oliver Queen than Oliver Queen. Yeah, I get that. I understand. That's that's the reason I don't watch the Arrowverse. I understand a lot of DC characters. The Justice storyline is by far my favorite comic book storyline of all time. I mean, we talked about it enough. Yeah. So, I just, you know, I've, I've read a decent amount of DC comics. And just watching the Arrowverse, it just kind of, it strikes a nerve with me. You know, they, they water these characters down. They make him they make him more... That's why I keep saying it's like Green the Hallmark Arrow version of DC. Batman. Exactly. But he's not. He's not supposed to be, but he is. And that's what the bothersome thing about it is. It's like, why are you giving me Batman? If you wanted to give me Batman, give me actual Batman. Funny enough, Kevin Conroy... This is actually getting back on topic a little bit. Kevin Conroy said that he wanted to... He actually does want to do a CW live action adaptation of Batman Beyond. Yes, I have heard that. And I'm like, yes, please. Uh, my favorite Batman ever. Kevin Conroy is 
the Batman that just about everybody knows. Even Kevin if you don't Conroy know who Kevin... Just, just because you don't know who Kevin Conroy is does not mean that you, you don't, don't know, know who Kevin Conroy is. is. You don't need to know him to know his voice. He has played Batman in... You know what? I'm going to play a little clip of his voice, right? You're not safe here. That's Batman. That's it. And that's exactly that's what it. you think. I mean, what you, you think almost Batman? every generation's version of Batman has at least one Kevin Conroy version of Batman in there. Okay, everybody has... Everybody keeps paying Kevin Conroy to play Batman, and that's the best thing in the world. You know, he was in, what, the original 90s run? Yeah, he was... He's been Batman since we were... Before we, like, around the time we were born. Yeah. He has and been Batman. Like, I mean, that's almost like Mark Hamill's Joker. No, exactly like you know, Mark you Hamill's Joker. That's I mean, it. think about it. When like, you think of Joker... We had Kevin Conroy play the animated version of Batman, right? And then when Bat, Ben Affleck became Batflack, people were making deals about, oh, he looks like Kevin Conroy's Batman. Like, things were going around about that. But, yeah, and Mark Hamill, always the Joker. You you even mimic the Joker's voice? Hi. You're mimicking, you're automatically mimicking Mark Hamill. There's, there's no, the voice you hear in your head when you're reading is Mark Hamill. Exactly. So. But, to try to get back. On topic. On topic. We're talking about Smallville. Yes, Smallville. When when Clark gave up his powers, I was like, this is not my Smallville universe. And then I watched it in color, and I was like, oh, that's a blue, that's definitely a blue kryptonite watch. However, since the last time we talked, some news came out. Let's hear it. It was a gold key he used. Oh, so he's done. His powers they, are gone. That's what they said. And when I read that, when I read that news article, I was like, then this is not the Smallville universe that I've been watching for the last... Since 2011, this is not my Smallville. Because that Clark would never give up his powers. Yet again, full circle. CW does not understand the superheroes they have. Oh no, I but that was the writers like, of the original Smallville that wrote that scene. I understand that. But like I said before, they really just don't understand their characters. That's my major gripe with the CW uh, Arrowverse. And, and it just, they don't... They, I don't understand why they don't understand their characters. I get that they're trying to bring them to a more human level and bring them to like a more real world expectation. But I feel like they're trying a little too hard. They are trying too hard. And don't get me wrong, the crossover event was great. I love The Flash. I love Arrow. You know, they're great shows. But as a comic book fan, it is a little hard to watch. Yeah. Superman, under dire circumstances, would probably never give up his powers in just about any universe. No, I mean, think... Okay, so you didn't watch it, but I'm going to tell you some things about the show. Ready? This guy has seen the universe where he's not Superman. He's seen a universe where he doesn't land on his Earth. There is no way that this version of Superman would give up his powers because in every single one of those universes, that world has gone to utter garbage. Literally, the whole world is pretty much destroyed without Superman. So he would never voluntarily give up his powers. And Lois, in the last two episodes of Smallville, Omo was like trying to call off their wedding. 
because she didn't want him to not save people. So if Clark gave up his powers, she would be gone. She would not be here if he actually gave up his powers. So that universe cannot be the Smallville universe. It can't. It's also why that universe is destroyed. Yeah. Um, so, honestly though, that, that Smallville scene was one of my favorite scenes. Because in the show, you have uh, Lex Luthor carrying around the Book of Destiny. That was my favorite mo. That was not my favorite scene, but that was my favorite moment where Clark is, looks him up and down. He's like, "You're not Lex." He's like, "Not Alexa, you know." And then he's just like, "Boom, left cross." <laughs> still stronger. Like I was dead. I was dead. I'm trying not to wake huh, my wife up. Still stronger. I was just like, "Oh man, no, that's but- that's funny. That's comedy." Smallville, yeah. you made a funny. Yeah, that's what she called him throughout the entire show. Uh, but my favorite part was watching John Wesley Shipp, who originally played the Flash in the 90s, took over for the death of Barry Allen. Yeah, he said. Like, that he said, scene. Flash has to die, but they don't say what Flash. Yeah, it needs to be Barry Allen Flash that has to die, but it's not specifically you, Flash, that has to die. I could die. And that's what, that's really what got me. Because, like, you think about, like... I've seen every episode of that show, too. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as much as I've watched Smallville, of course. Okay, but, like, I've seen every episode of that. And so, you take that. Plus, you take into context that John Wesley Shipp is Henry Allen, which is Barry's dad. And then you watch his dad... Sacrifice himself for his son, and then I'm just like crying even a more. Fourth time, I believe. There's no because his dad. I mean, kind of. His dad died. Jay Garrick bothered to take over his spot in the Speed Force prison before being able to, you know, get him freed. Uh, so he's still alive. That's three. That's three Henry Allens that have attempted. Or have successfully given themselves so that Barry Allen could live. Right. So I feel like that part of the show is a little washed out too. You know, like when I seen that, I was like, oh, it's another Henry Henry Allen giving up his life for Barry. And it's just like, all right. Can we move away from this this trope again? Can we like not do this? Yes, like, uh, I, I get. Time? I get what you're saying, but like again, as after watching the original series, it's like. You're watching Barry Allen do this for Barry Allen. And that is exactly how Barry Allen would be. Right. And, like, you could see amongst the two Barry Allens fighting, like, no, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. Barry Allen wouldn't let Barry Allen do it. And I'm being so convoluted because it's a very convoluted moment. It's convoluted. It's only not convoluted when you realize that he's watching him, his dad do it. But I'm watching Barry, Barry Allen and Barry Allen. Um, I like another thing that helped bring me back was the whole uh, Constantine with Speedy and Constantine. Constantine. Constantine makes a deal about it in the comics, but that's also a moment in the show. So he says, "Oh, Lucifer tells Constantine, calls him Constantine." And then Lucifer, and then Constantine corrects him and says it's Constantine. In this universe, it's Constantine, but however, in the comics, he makes a huge deal about it being pronounced Constantine. 
Anyways, um, the death of Arrow. Yep, Oliver. He pretty much tries to sacrifice himself for both Supergirl and the Flash, uh, and he succeeds. And then you have Speedy. I want to say he doesn't necessarily call her Speedy, but that's his daughter. His daughter, yeah. It's just Mia. Yeah. Because Speedy in this universe is his sister Thea. It, it's Flash's sidekick. It flashes. It's Arrow's sidekick. Yeah. For most of the time, the sidekick is Speedy. Okay, so Mia and um, Constant. Uh, with Constantine, it's Mia and John Diggle. And they go to Earth six six six. Yep to to speak with Lucifer and try to get Oliver's soul back, and then they end up going to Purgatory, which for Oliver Queen is Leon Yu, Leon which Yu, is which, Purgatory. Yeah, which which is which translates to Purgatory. Purgatory. Funny moment. Remember how I was? Remember how we literally just fought over it's Constantine, not Constantine. Yeah. Con- when I saw that moment. I'm sitting in my hotel room, because I was still in Florida at the time. I'm sitting in my hotel room, watching this scene, and then that happens, and I'm like, literally, this is the only time I will ever agree with the devil. So, they go to get his soul back, and then, while in purgatory, they... The the name escapes me of the gentleman who comes in and... Spectre. Well, his real name, not... not Doesn't matter, he's Spectre. He is Spectre. And there's another character in the the DC mm-hmm. universes that I enjoy is the Spectre because it's like a... It's not necessarily one character. It's multiple characters that kind of go around and just watch necessarily, but also intervene in certain situations. I mean, the entirety of Kingdom Come, that was Spectre is doing. Right. Now, what? The watching portion. The reason why the literal entirety of the story of Kingdom Come is a book of Revelation is because Spectre has taken a pastor to view these things, and he's telling it from his perspective, which is the Bible. Right. Yeah. So that's what Spectre is. He's a watcher. That's it. That's it. That's all he is. But he does intervene. Okay, Uh, so... Crossover event. Yeah. Um, being someone who doesn't watch the Arrowverse considerably, mm-hmm. I was pretty lost throughout the entirety of it. I'm not even gonna lie. A lot of it was pretty confusing. There was stuff going on that it just did not make sense. I mean, okay, I I guess I see where you're coming from. You know, maybe like, a, so. Obviously, I come from being able to watch it. Watch. The, the shows prior to it and um, having read the original Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover comic book I'd call it the crossover even though it wasn't a crossover it was just a massive you know <laughs> storyline going on at the time but like I see where you're coming from I guess there's a lot of stuff but the stories are like Pariah I don't know who that is Okay, well, he was part of it. He's yeah, part I understand. Of the original. I understand that, but as far as his character in the crossover event itself, lost to that completely. He is the um, more juice notes. 
So, essentially what he is, is... You know how the angels come to... Um, people like the wise man or Mary and, and tell them what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. That's Pariah. Pariah's the Gabriel of the story, in a sense. He's just coming... And he's telling them that the anti-monitor is coming. Where, no, I guess I did call him Gabriel just now, but he's more of a... He worked for the anti-monitor forcibly in this one, so I guess he's more of a demon. But regardless, he's a, you know, the he's like, a, he's like a herald. He is a herald. He's the herald of the anti-monitor. Gotcha. And uh, where Harbinger worked for the monitor until you realize that she's forced to work for the anti-monitor. Monitor, right. The character was, Which you also sense. knew reading the comic book. Yeah. And so that's, that's literally what it is. And so I guess I understand where your confusion might come in because like I came into it knowing about it. I came in knowing about the comic and Really, the only DC comic book you've read is Injustice. Yeah, pretty much. I've read, like, some of the Titans. Not the Teen Titans, just Titans. And The Teen Titans as adults. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, that's, that's, that's about it, you know? I got Batman Noir and Killing Joke, but... Batman Noir? Yeah. Okay. But, like, no. I mean, even look at our names, right? Your agent, I'm Blue. Agent Venom, Blue Lantern. Like, it shows us which which section of the tracks we're on right now. That's correct. You are Marvel and I am DC. Obviously, I would know a little bit more of DC than you would. So, watching, I wasn't lost at all. But I can understand why you would be. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion in the show. Not in the Frankly, show. Frankly, when I asked people to watch the crossover, I wanted a reason to uh, argue, not argue, <laughs> complain about what they did to my Clark. To your Clark. To your Hashtag Superman. not my Smallville. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Hashtag man. not my Smallville. Yeah. No, I understand. I've seen like the first two seasons of Smallville, and even just knowing Superman, he'd never renounce his powers for any reason. Even having kids, the only way it would make sense is Blue Kryptonite. Really, it's the only version of him removing his powers that would make any sense. Right. Because that way, he could grow old with Lois and raise a family. And when needed, Superman doesn't wear a watch. Yeah. Just remove that watch. Like, it is literally the only logical explanation. Right. But they decided to be illogical about it. I mean, his universe has to be completely different. There's got to be a lot that has changed in his universe to lead him to that point where he understands that he could... Step down as a mantle of Superman. Nothing in watching it over twenty eight times. I'm telling you, there's nothing in that universe that would make him permanently give it up. Right. Because even when he does give up his powers, he has given up his powers. You know what happens when he gives up his powers? I don't know. 
He doesn't give up that need to fight. He still goes in headstrong and fights that monster. Headstrong and fights whatever. He loses his power, fights Zod. Still goes. Like, it doesn't matter if he loses his power or not. He would still fight in this crisis. So he would never give up his power willingly, especially after watching what happens when he loses his powers or a world without Clark. Right. Not Clark, Superman. Even though, I guess, during the time of the show, he was the blur. And he was the blur? Yeah, he was the blur in Smallville. Right. But there, there was no way, logically, that he would give up being Superman. Or his powers, at least. He'd give up being Superman, but like the worry about what would happen in that world. Makes sense. I mean, did you look at his face when she was like, they made a mess? <laughs> He's like, I know I don't have powers, but I think I'm about to jump in. <laughs> I gotta go. Sorry, Lois. I gotta go save the universe. It makes more sense for that way than anything. Right. But, yeah. So, that was my biggest gripe with uh, Crisis. And I... We talked about my... I talked about my biggest gripe. You talked about your biggest, biggest gripe, which was the fact that you were lost. I was lost. I mean, if you want to add another gripe to that, at the very end, where um, Pariah ends up moving all of the... I forget what they called them. Paragons. The paragons into the outer reaches where the anti-monitor could not really get to them oh the lex thing the lex thing oh my drives no. me no nuts no i freaking hate lex luther first off like obviously not as much as i hate thanos but like i don't like john cryer's lex i wish it was michael rosenbaum I really from don't what, like from smallville don't like, like that why why would you do that lex why why would you do that lex no think about it seriously you know that there's only a few ways, there's only one way for all this to work out. Right. One way. And then you rewrite the book anyway? Yeah, no, that, that did drive me crazy. Because I was like, what is Lex Luthor going to do nothing. to help anybody? Lex is going to do absolutely nothing. You know? But, here's the thing. Maybe he does play an important role in this. Maybe he does. I know you, I know you don't want to think that. Because it's Lax Luthor. But maybe there's a reason why the Monitor kept him around. Maybe that's his purpose. I don't want to think Lex has anything. But frankly, I guess I'm going to leave off with this. If you want to hear the rest of that, be sure to wait for Wednesday's episode, part two of this crisis event. We won't start off with that message, but what we will have is a whole nother discussion on part two, and I will end that entire second part with what I was going to say at the end of this episode. If you enjoy what you're hearing, Please head on over to 
Instagram at Agent Blue Podcast, all one word. George is taking care of everything on the Instagram front for now. You can go to Facebook at Agent Blue Podcast, all separate words, whenever I remember to post uh, a new episode on there. If you feel led to join us and donate or support, you can head over to mb-3d.com forward slash donate. Click the drop down bar that says Agent Blue when you decide how much or how little you want to donate. Or just support us by rating us and leaving a review on your platform of which you listen to it. Thank you for listening. And from us here at Agent Blue, peace.